Merry Crimbo! Merry Chrysler, everybody! <laughs> We're doing a Christmas movie that's not a Christmas movie because, you know what? Basically every Christmas movie sucks. And I've also seen most Christmas movies that we yeah. would begin to cover on here. So... Yeah, most Christmas movies. Pretty schmaltzy. Pretty yeah. cliche, silly things. Yep. This one is a Christmas movie, though, because it's set during Christmas, as are many of Shane Black's films. At least four of them are, I think. There's this one, Iron Man 3 takes place during Christmas. Oh, yeah. The Nice Guys takes place during Christmas, and I think there's another film he did that takes place during Christmas. So he definitely has, like, a preoccupation with using Christmas as, like, a backdrop to he his likes films. It. Yeah. Or that's just, like, when he gets work and all the decorations are still up or whatever. So he's like, well, I guess we'll just make it Christmas time. Because <laughs> it doesn't really have any bearing on the story except for um, a couple times people are wearing Yeah, it's, it's very incidental in yeah. uh, the films of his I've seen. And, like, I'm just, like, imagining, like, Shane Black, he never takes his Christmas lights down off his house. It's just Christmas all year round for Shane Black. yeah. <laughs> those people that are like I totally put up decorations and everyone's like you've had fairy lights up since Pinterest told you to <laughs> now imagine I'm like scrolling through Pinterest looking for ideas <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I, when I get like extremely bored on the internet and I've had a lot of insomnia lately which is a drag I end up on Pinterest a lot which I usually only do nowadays if I'm looking for a specific recipe or if I'm looking for art references because I use it as like a art reference board to pin stuff that I either want to draw or like tutorials on drawing or whatever because uh, it's actually like a pretty good way to to get ideas yeah. that way um, but I just <laughs> run into the weirdest shit like yoga pants that say best uncle ever across the garage. Yeah, I you sending me that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm Jackie. And I'm Lita. And this is Why Haven't You Watched That? I'm feeling fussy. Like, <laughs> I've been feeling real fussy the past couple days. Feeling real manic been running a lot trying to to do something about that but i'm definitely feeling like rambunctious ready to rant ready to talk ready to be done with fucking 2018 ready yeah. for christmas to be over honestly like i would th thought that i would be excited for the holidays and i'm not yeah, <laughs> it's like i don't it, some years i get real fucking into christmas yeah like i get i'm like all about christmas and then like other years i'm like eh it's whatever. I feel, like, very in-between about Christmas this year because I had a great time uh, looking for and buying presents for my friends. Yeah. Which is, like, my favorite part of Christmas is, like, finding cool shit for people. But yeah. other than that, I'm just, like, not feeling it, really. So it's, like, it doesn't help working somewhere where Christmas means it's an incredibly busy time. Yeah, true. So, yeah. I'm I'm not really feeling, like, in the spirit very much. We have all of our decorations up, and we've, you know, enjoyed doing that, and there's a lot of really pretty lights downtown and everything. Yeah. Um, so it's nice walking through that, but it, I don't know, it just really yeah. hasn't felt like 
overwhelmingly yeah. Christmassy, except for the fact that it's actually cold, which is something I've never experienced. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Miss Florida. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is your first Christmas in uh, in Seattle. Actually, it's kind of my second, because I was here on Christmas Eve, the first time I ever came here. Like, oh. that was our last day here. But that doesn't count, because we didn't live here, you know? Like Yeah, yeah, it's different. It's our first one living somewhere that's actually nice and cold, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, for presents, I'm terrible at giving gifts because I overthink things so much. Any other time of the year, you ask me what my friends like or, like, what they're into, and I'm like, oh, of course I know because they're my very close friends and I know so much about them. And then when it comes to Christmas time, I'm like, I have never fucking met this person in my entire <laughs> life. What do they like? What do they need? I have no idea. And then I also am like oh, I don't want to just, like, buy people useless stuff that they're going to be like, oh, haha, thanks, it's cute or whatever, and then they're going to get rid of. Yeah. You know, and so I try to go for, like, the practical thing that's something that I know they like, but that's kind of a hard thing to find. It is, yeah. And there's all of these, like, quirky boutique items now at stores that you used to only be able to find, like, occasionally, or you had to order on the, on the internet. Um, you know, like cute little animal things that say something funny on them or whatever yeah. and you're like oh oh this one's a shark my one friend likes sharks I'll get this for her and then you're like but that's like the thing that everyone gets for her and it's like yeah, some stupid knickknack <laughs> yeah so I, I just overthink everything and I don't know like yeah, I put I too that. much thought into it and then it seems like I've put no thought into it <laughs> <laughs> you gotta find the sweet spot yeah uh, like so this movie being set uh in Christmas in LA I think is interesting because as someone who has like grown up in the Northeast and Christmas here, it feels like Christmas, especially if it snows around that time. Like yeah. it's cold out, it's winter. Whereas somewhere like LA, it's just like it's really nice out, but yeah, we're like it's like this big winter holiday. Mm hmm And so did it like feel that way also like living in Florida for oh, you? Yeah, for sure. Like we would always have a cold snap um, around November, early December, and so we'd be like, oh, it's going to be like kind of nice and cold for Christmas, and then it'd get to Christmas and it was 85 degrees or 90 degrees, or it would just hail. <laughs> so yeah, it was like kind of harder to get into the spirit of it all when you're like, oh, I'm going to wear a cute sweater or like, or whatever the case may be, and it's just fucking hot and you're sweating and it's miserable and you're not going outside for sleigh rides or having snowball fights or you know, be able to enjoy Christmas lights without it being muggy and 90 degrees and you uh -huh. feel like you can't breathe. Yeah, that's a, it just sounds so strange to me. Yeah. Uh, so this film, this was, I think, I think, I could possibly be wrong about this, but I think this is one of the first uh, major feature films Robert Downey Jr. did after his whole drug stint. And the insurance for him was, because the insurance for him was incredibly high, Mm -hmm. because of the drug charges and everything uh and it was i feel like i remember reading somewhere this was like supposed to be like his comeback and then it was not and like oh, nobody no. saw this movie but then he did iron man and when he did iron man there was like a renewed interest in this film and it, it got kind of a cult following like after it's theatrical release because i don't think this movie did well in the box office actually yeah that's weird, because I, I remember when this came out, and I remember being like, oh, that looks kind of funny, I kind of want to see it. And I think that I remember a classmate saying that they saw it and liking it. Yeah. Um, and then I just never saw it. Yeah, it, it, it this movie definitely flew, like, under the radar. Yeah. I think this is a really, it, this is a good film. It's sometimes, like, 
hard for me to watch because you, like, really have to be, like, paying attention to it <laughs> the entire time. Because, like, if you, like, space out and, like, don't pay attention to a couple scenes, you kind of don't know what's going on a bit with the cases. And you have to, like, try, like, concentrate to, like, connect the dots between the two cases a bit. Yeah. I mean, I was taking notes and, like, knitting a little bit because I'm 75 fucking years old and retired. <laughs> um, it, it was okay for me to follow, I think. Yeah. But, um... I think taking notes made it better. I, I guess I'm basing this off of the fact that, like, I like I actually did sort of see this recently, but it was, like, on TV, and I wasn't, like, totally paying attention to it, and it had been a while since I'd seen it, so mm-hmm. I was like, wait, what's going on right now? I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I forget what happened in between these two scenes, but whatever. Yeah. Honestly, this is probably one of the most bonkers movies that we've covered since The Handmaiden. Yeah. Hand- <laughs> wait. Yeah, The Handmaiden. Yeah, the handmaiden. <laughs> I I almost said the handmaiden's tale, and um, that's not the same. That's not it at all. Yeah, let's not combine those two worlds. Mm-mm. Uh, so I really liked the color grading at the beginning with the the flashback to their childhood. Oh yeah, yeah, that I was liked good. The like kind of noir uh, narrator aspect yeah. to it. It kind of reminded me a little bit of um, Chinatown, which I saw before I knew who Roman Polanski was. Yeah. Because I had a noir class in college, and I still kind of can't believe that that was one of the ones that she had us watch just because of, like, the nature of the director, but whatever. But it kind of reminded me of how, like, that was one of the first noir films that was... It wasn't... Because it obviously came out later, you know, than when noir was a big thing in Hollywood, but it was different because Jack Nicholson is, like, heavily emasculated throughout the whole thing. Like, he's getting beat up, and, like, he's got this crazy bandage on his nose the whole time that makes him look ridiculous because he broke his nose. And it kind of reminded me of that because Robert Downey Jr. in this is just, like, loses his finger, gets his stitch back on, <laughs> loses it again, the dog yeah. eats it, yeah. uh, just goes and through then, fucking yeah, hell. And then, the guy beating him up at the beginning when he's trying to stop him from molesting her, and you yeah. think it's gonna be, like, some big heroic moment for him, then, like, the, the next cut, he's getting, like, shit kicked out of him by that yeah. guy. And, like, there's that whole, like, motif of him being, like, the white knight, and that's the name of, like, their high school football team, was it, I guess? And he yeah, was the like mascot their, for their it. mascot for their school. But he's like Harmony's White Knight, and but like <laughs> they managed to make that less stupid by having the nickname be Whitey, which I thought yeah, was, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just funny because for somebody that's a petty thief and has seen some shit, I guess he just is so like you would think that he'd be someone that was like, all right, I'll fucking body check you like i yeah like i'll shoot i'll shoot a guy i don't give a shit but he yeah he, he clearly like his crimes don't involve a ton of violence like they use a fake gun at the toy store which mm-hmm. i would hope i mean if he's just there to steal a toy for his niece yeah like, you wouldn't <laughs> like why make a whole big production out of that and I also, also like love- why bother stealing it in the first place but clearly he gets a rush from it as he says at the end he just like stole a peck of gum just because why not yeah I, I think that it's so insane that some, like, random lady that doesn't have anything to do with the store just peeks her head out of the fire escape and is like, I've got a gun and I just shot this guy. <laughs> like, the cops are coming. Like, you can't do that. That's not yeah, legal. That, like, you're going to jail, lady. That's, like, like that's vigilante not, shit right there. Yeah, like, you're going to jail <laughs> for a homicide. Like, just because the toy store next to you is getting robbed doesn't mean you're allowed to shoot somebody. <laughs> the only way you could 
even feasibly get away with them, maybe, is if you are also a cop. <laughs> but that's not Yeah, but that's into. still... That's still, you get in trouble for that shit, I would Well, imagine. yeah, you don't these days. But <laughs> True. You're True. Supposed but she was to. a woman, though, so maybe she would. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to get in trouble for that, because you're, like, that was not a violent crime, and she was not in imminent danger of her life yeah you know and also like this scene where he like runs into the audition and like it happens to exactly be the situation he was just in in the script yeah that was funny <laughs> yeah i do like that um i like that as a conceit for the entire movie like i yes. think that's pretty fun <laughs> yeah it was um, it was a really fun idea for that's how like everything gets instigated yeah I like movies that have really ridiculous conceits like that that are believable in their world, kind of, and it yeah, kind of and sets up like how a... bonkers the rest of the movie exactly, goes. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, it, it goes with the tone of the rest of the movie very well. Yeah. The, the movie sets the bonkers tone immediately when it lo- when they fake us out by thinking that poor girl's oh, getting sawed in half. my god. I literally was like... <laughs> like shivering <laughs> like feeling like sick because i was like i don't know anything about this movie i don't know if this is gonna be you know the the reason why he's a, a criminal because he's went through a really traumatic experience as a kid and i'm like jackie why did you make me watch this movie and then of course everything was fine but literally why would you let your child handle a chainsaw ever yeah that was crazy. let alone if they think that they're going to do magic i mean like, I guess if his dad helped him set up the box or whatever, and they obviously had the... Still, the though, chainsaws uh, aren't are unwieldy. Yeah, like... Like, <laughs> like, he could have, like, missed the correct spot and actually yeah. sawed her in half. <laughs> yeah, which I thought that was going to be what happened, is, like, he'd, he'd done it wrong or something like that. And then when the dad goes to slap her, I'm like, oh, okay, so are we going to talk about that? But then, like, oh, he's actually a piece of shit. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's not something that was just like, ha dad slapping his daughter. Yeah. But it was like an actual piece of shit guy. And speaking of him, the end scene where Gay Perry, I love that they named, the, uh, before I get to that, I want to talk about Gay Perry and how hilarious it is that like everybody in this film except for him is so preoccupied with the fact that he's gay yeah they're just all just like man i don't understand it oh man what a wacky thing and he's just like yeah i whatever yeah it's like los angeles guys <laughs> what are you doing it shouldn't be that wacky yeah i know it's like come on everyone just please yeah um uh, on but, the topic of the dad though yeah the end scene where he slaps him and he's like <laughs> I'm an old man, I can't defend myself, and the whole point is yeah. like, yeah, exactly. It very much reminded me of one scene in Boardwalk Empire, which is one, uh, oh my god, I'm like blanking on her name, holy shit. Alright, anyway, one of the characters, a female character, she was, it's the uh, girl from Brave. Yeah, <laughs> she was abused by this older man, and like, years and years and years later, uh, he had a stroke and can't talk, and he's in a similar situation as the dad in this film. And so she begin, she starts slapping the crap out of him. <laughs> I would. I mean, yeah. And, and I thought that, that he was gonna like. I didn't know how bad, like how sickly the guy was. So I was like, oh, is he gonna pull the plug on him? Is he on life support or something like that? But no. Yeah, it wasn't quite that extreme. The yeah. slaps. You know what? Totally, one hundred percent morally justified. He should have died. <laughs> 
almost morally imperative in that situation, I would say. Yeah. Um, my thing, I, I wrote in my notes about it, and, like, I know that these things are obviously complicated, and that you never know what you're gonna do in a situation like this, but the actual character, Harmony, um, it seems like she was probably, like, slapped. Yeah. And stuff like that, but it seems like she wasn't yeah, yeah, they, specifically they... molested, like, her sister was, so I'm like, honestly, in that situation where, like, like, it's just happening repetitively, but he's not going after you, fucking kill him. Like, poison him. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I just feel like in that situation, I would I fucking, like, poison him. Yeah. He like, was <laughs> violent towards her, though, too, clearly. Yeah. And I, I think... I know he, that it's different. It's like you're like, a little kid and you're, like, scared and yeah. you don't, like, what would you do in that situation? And then eventually gets to the point where it's, like, you don't, you just kind of... You just, just kind of what? accepted the fear, I know. Yeah, exactly. I know, but at the same time, I'm full of rage, and I would like to think that, you know. Yeah. Just make it look like an accident, man. Oh. And also, <laughs> I also wonder, too, I, I can't, I don't know how clear the movie made this, whether Harry found out about, like, what, what, at what point exactly he knew that Harmony's sister was being abused, because yeah. that whole comment, that whole little speech he went on inside that club, where he's like, oh man, all these girls are damaged goods, they all blah 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 blah, it's like, that's such a fucking cruel thing to say to her. Mm -hmm. She wasn't the one who was abused, but her sister was. And, and yeah, I feel like he probably didn't know at that before point. that. Yeah, I yeah. feel like maybe that was something that happened off screen, or something that he gathered from what she told him later. Yeah. You know? I would hope not, at least. Yeah, also, I, that I've... whole speech definitely felt like the writer inserting themselves into the story. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that didn't feel like an organic speech to make in the moment, you know? <laughs> no, it really didn't. Oh, one of my notes, two of my notes, one of them is Robert Downey Jr. and Pools, because he is always hanging out by the pool in Charlie Bartlett, which is one of my <laughs> oh, favorite yeah. movies. Charlie Bartlett. I fucking love that movie. Um... And then when he gets the part and he's like emotional and shaken up and stuff and then they're like, oh wow, he's really good. I was like, this is like when I got a part in a play and my contacts started to blur as I was reading because I wasn't blinking enough. <laughs> and I started reading like faster and more stressed out because I was trying to get to the end of the page before my contacts blurred over completely and I had to like stick my finger in my eye or like blink a bunch. <laughs> and they were like, wow, that was really good. So I got the part in the play because of that. <laughs> That's like full on that episode of Friends where Joey has to go to the bathroom and so he reads <laughs> the lines differently. They're like, wow, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, so I guess that's some um, advice to people out there. Just put yourself into an uncomfortable situation if you want to get a part. <laughs> yeah, just go full method with that shit. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah, I don't even know. How, like, There's a lot that happened in this movie. Yeah, there's there a, lot a lot to unpack. And I don't really actually have that many notes because I was knitting and paying attention to the movie, I guess. Yeah. I, I wound up writing, like, a bunch of the best lines down. Like, Merry Christmas, sorry I fucked you over. Yeah. <laughs> Circling back to the dad thing, though. When Harmony's sister shows up at the cabin and sees what she thinks is, like, her biological father molesting his other daughter... Look, even outside of that being the actual situation, it is fucking creepy that this dude was having sex with the stand-in for his daughter. Yeah. It I is mean, fucking weird. It's I don't weird. think that there's any question that he was 
obviously psychotic and creepy. Yeah, but it's still it's very weird. Disturbing as shit. <laughs> Especially considering the fact that they were like estranged. It's like is there some kind of like weird fucking power play going on in this guy's head? Oh god, disgusting, gross. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I mean almost certainly cuz that's just how people are, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like that's some Donald Trump shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's ew, like yeah. Ugh. I feel like there's so many more people that are like that than you would have no. originally oh, yeah. think, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. I love how alcohol works in movies, though. Like, <laughs> you apparently get blackout drunk, don't remember anything from 2 to 5. Uh, maybe you're sleeping for part of that, but you wake up at 6, and you look f- decent, like, fine. <laughs> like, you don't look like you are blackout drunk still, because you still would be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would still not know what was going on. Um and then, you know, you just go and, and go to your meeting later and you're not puking or still drunk <laughs> or any of that. Like, I just love how people can drink alcohol like water and say that <laughs> they're a blackout drunk, but then nobody ever acts like it. I just think that it's really yeah. funny. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been so drunk. I've lost hours. <laughs> no, me either. You know, yeah, also the fact that, like... She apparently slammed the door hard enough that oh it actually God. chopped his fucking like clean off. off. Like wow, not just broke his hand, but chopped the finger off. That's crazy. Like yeah. how does that even happen? <laughs> yeah, uh, I had a door slammed on my finger before, and my fingernail turned purple and fell oh, off, yeah. but it didn't get cut off. <laughs> yeah, I've had. I I remember having something heavy fall on my finger once and something similar happened the fingernail didn't fall off but it definitely like turned like purple but yeah, yeah. it's real gross when that happens i'm trying to even think like what it something would have had to have been there to slice it off you know what i mean because like a door frame isn't gonna yeah maybe there was like an extra bit of metal that was like a, yeah. an extra locking mechanism on it or something like yeah, that, that would have but... to be it because otherwise it r- truly doesn't make any sense <laughs> yeah it would have just broken his hand or his fingers <laughs> Yeah. I also love how random it is that the guy in the costume got into her house. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, like, that's never, like, really revisited. Not really, no. (laughs) He tells his niece, oh, well, yeah, that guy's, like, paralyzed or whatever now, so the toy is going to be worth more or something like that, but, uh, so, yeah. Not not great, but I also don't know why there was a huge spider crawling on this woman as she's falling asleep drunkenly. Yeah, that's, like, where did it come from? Ugh. Why was it so big? <laughs> yeah, that's oh, that's disgusting. Also, like, imagine like being in that situation. <laughs> yeah, it's like if like like my friends sleeping and I see like a spider go on their boob. It's like, uh, what do I do? Yeah, what do I do? You, Shit. <laughs> usually, I don't kill spiders. Anyways, like I release them. And also, when you have to kill something that big. It's just such a, like... I would Honestly, I'd probably just wake them up. I'd be like, there's a fucking spider on you, bitch! Yeah. Get it off! <laughs> just, like, shake them awake. What a horrible way to wake up. And then she doesn't even, like, take it out right away. <laughs> She's just like, oh, wow, there's a spider leg on my tit. And I'm just, I'm not gonna, like, freak out and take it off. Like, that's I guess she was gross. just relieved that he was telling the truth, I guess. But, but there's bug guts on your boob. <laughs> and she's supposed to be scared of spiders, isn't she? I think it was him that was scared of spiders. Oh. She said he's not afraid of snakes, but is scared of spiders. Okay, yeah. I somehow mixed that up with him saying that about her. Yeah. For some reason. I I think that it was the other way around. Unless, I don't know, unless he was like, oh, I have to squish it because she's afraid of it. But I think that he was 
maybe the one that was scared of him, so he was like, oh, I don't know what to do. Yeah, that's like it, a double, that's double trouble right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I hate trying to deal with big bugs, because, like, if it's just a small bug, like a fly or something, it's, like, yeah. very infinitesimal, like, you don't have to worry about it it making a sound or like being able to feel the crunch of like a body <laughs> but if you're killing like a cockroach a cockroach or something like that and it's just like <laughs> i uh, cockroaches i've never lived somewhere that had a cockroach in it thankfully but i remember back in college i was visiting one of my friends in the crap dorms mm-hmm. and i, we, I uh, went to college in new york city for reference and um there was a cockroach like in the bathroom and i was like oh my god andrew there's a cockroach in here she's like oh yeah there are cockroaches yeah all around and i was like no why would you tell me this i lived in like the the newest storm building so it didn't have any, any bugs in it yet that's so, lucky yeah so yeah yeah, I had to deal with roaches, because um, Florida is just like that. That's just how Florida be. We yeah. have those palmetto bugs, the, like, really big ones that fly. Um, and then, like, if you have a German roach infestation or something, those are disgusting. I've never actually had to deal with those. Um, but they, they, uh, they get in the house under the cracks in the doors because they try to get away from the rain, which it does a lot in Florida, very hard. Yeah. Uh, so... Like, one time I was in my uh, first floor apartment, so, like, the worst place to be is the first floor. That was the only time I lived on the first floor in college. And I opened the silverware drawer, and it was, like, 3 o'clock in the morning or something. And I'm like, I, I don't know, I just had a feeling, so I turned the light on, and I see a roach scurry, like, into a hole in the back of the silverware drawer and down into the cabinets. So I'm, like, taking out the silverware drawer, and I put all of it in the sink, because I'm like, I'm gonna wash it all now, and I'm trying to, like, dig through the cabinets, and there's all of these little, like, crevices in the cabinets that it could hide in, so I couldn't fucking find it, and literally the same roach terrorized us for like weeks because we couldn't ever get it before it went and hid and then we couldn't find where it was hiding and so we just had to keep like washing everything and like one time it just like crawled over the clean dishes that I had just put on the rack to dry and I was like cool I have to wash all of those again like it's so gross Uh, you can't see but I'm like curled up in my hair (laughs) in fear right now (laughs) but that's that's the shit that happens in Florida and it's like you feel really gross and violated because you're like oh, you know, roaches are supposed to, like, dirty things, right? Like, you feel like, oh, my house is dirty, so the roaches are here. But, like, we weren't leaving food out, and it wasn't, like, dirty enough. Yeah, cockroaches will just go anywhere. Yeah, so it was... Anyway, oh, God, I'm getting so grossed out. Let's change the subject. <laughs> um, so, this... Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, so, what did you think about the dynamic between Harry and Harmony? It was weird, but I think that his dynamic was everyone was gonna be weird right yeah um i feel like it was nice that they didn't have him swooping in being like well i'm of course the obvious choice for you because all these other guys are trash he's like all these other guys are trash and i'm kind of trash too yeah Yeah. it it, Um, it is good that he wasn't like such like a total nice guy good guy kind of thing even if it did dip into like the friend zone stuff with the high school thing, it's like, she fucked literally everyone except me. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, honestly, I imagine must be frustrating when you like someone. 
Yeah, it's but like I think it's also a compliment a lot it of times. It is, yeah. It's like you don't special. realize it. You're special. <laughs> yeah, people don't realize that it's a like a compliment yeah. sometimes. <laughs> the friend too. Yeah. <laughs> Perry is like, oh yeah, he's gay. Like, okay. <laughs> and then it turned out she did actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I thought that was a cool uh, mirror to the scene before he throws her out when he finds out she slept with his friend. Yeah. And- <laughs> I thought that was cool because it, it shows like even guys can like get mad and be not in the mood anymore. Yeah, for it. yeah. Especially because she got so upset with him for taking her friend home, even though he'd never promised her that he wasn't going to sleep with that friend, and he hadn't known her for a really long time, and yeah. they hadn't spoken in years. Yeah, it's not like you know they were dating, and he yeah. did that. I mean, yeah. I do get being annoyed I by mean, that, yeah, for sure, course. but, like, she, she, her anger was a little over the top, for sure. Yeah. Especially because isn't, that's not when his finger gets chopped off, is it? No, no, it's, it's the next. It's when he gets there, oh my god, I forget. It's later in the movie, though, for sure. But she slams it. Why does she slam the door in his face again? I don't remember. Um, I just watched this movie, like, a couple days ago. <laughs> I mean, there's, like, it's probably when he lied to her. And she found out? I'm not uh, sure. No, I think she found out he lied later on. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> it all kind of, like, blurs together a little bit. Yeah, there's there's a lot going on. There's, like, three or four different plot lines that are kind of all coalescing. Yeah, and there's, like, repeated motifs and stuff, too, so it's, like... Yeah. It definitely fit a lot of the, the noir tropes, though. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's great that, like, it fills the noir tropes while also kind of, like, poking fun at them. And, yeah. like, being, like, very self-aware and self-referential about it. Like, the noir book inside the the movie. Like, yeah. the series that she's obsessed with. And the fact that, like, the narration keeps going. He's like, oh my god, I'm such a bad narrator. Like, oh my yeah. god. Every time I watch a movie and they're always like, oh, this thing happened. Oh, you think that's gonna be relevant later? <laughs> anyway, here's the rest of the film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. It also kind of reminded me of The Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> yeah. That's Very so true. Self-aware. Yeah. And yeah. They- so, the the breakdown of like the actual case is that, like the whole conceit of the movie is that, um, Colin Farrell is too much money, so they are pretending to screen test Robert Downey Jr. as his character. Yeah. For this role, pretending like they're going with other people so they can get Colin Farrell for this role in a movie for cheaper. So he's there for basically no reason in the end. Yes. And they pair him up with Perry, who is a private detective and is supposed to give him detective lessons for the role. Yeah. But then they end up doing this video surveillance gone wrong at a cabin, which they were set up for terribly anyways. <laughs> um, for some reason, Robert Downey Jr. says, what's wrong with the car? <laughs> which was really funny to me for some reason. Um, they follow the car, or they follow where they think the car is. Dives into the lake. Perry shoots the lock on the trunk. Accidentally shoots the person in the trunk in the head. Doesn't matter. Her neck was already snapped and she has bruises all over her. And she's already dead. So Robert Downey Jr. like, you know, notices that her dress is like up higher on her legs. And he like pulls it down because that's kind of a thing with him where he's like, hey, don't touch that girl who's sleeping and molest her. Hey, let's, like, give this person a little bit of dignity. Um, 
And then they're like, oh no, um, the cops aren't going to believe that her neck was broken first, even though they would actually, because you can tell that in an autopsy, because yeah. the bullet wound would not have been bleeding the same yeah. after she was already dead as it would have been before she was dead. So, it, like, if they had just reported to the cops Yeah, right they then, just reported it from the very <laughs> beginning. They probably, at the most, would have been questioned for a couple hours, and then that would have been it, probably. Well, like, they would have probably had to testify in court and everything, yeah, yeah. too. But, like, if you you during the autopsy they would figure out that she had defensive wounds had bruises had her neck snapped bef- like why would you shoot someone in the head and snap their neck you and know? also they they would have seen the bullet holes in the car as yes. well so their story yeah, would have held up <laughs> yeah it really would of course so they that's... were panicking in the moment as well and also the rest yes. of the movie wouldn't have happened so uh, yeah that's always slide. <laughs> that's always the thing the rest of the movie wouldn't happen if people made like logical decisions all the times and i yeah. do understand being like too panicked or anything like that but you know if something like that happens and you seriously aren't at fault for it call the cops yeah cause <laughs> because it looks shadier if you try to hide it exactly which is then what they try to do and they tell him Harmony committed suicide and he's like oh god and then he goes up to his hotel room and somebody has found out who he is put the body of the girl from the lake in his bathroom he accidentally pees on it and doesn't just like turn back around for some reason <laughs> just keeps being peeing on her in surprise uh so now he's like you know he's got his bodily fluids on it I don't know if they can get DNA out of pee I feel like probably but I'm not actually sure about that it's like a waste product (laughs) um i mean if they can get it out of like i don't know spit and stuff like that i would assume yeah but um there would there would also be like hair fibers and um all of that on her from the two guys anyways so they bundle her up they throw her they carry her down the hall not suspicious at all there totally wouldn't be cameras (laughs) in that hotel that's like kind of swanky right um they throw her out the window and then put her... I thought they were going to put her in the dumpster. She just hits the dumpster. They put her in the trunk. Perry and Robert Rob Downey Jr.'s character out, you know? <laughs> make out. And it's not cute, like, on... Because the character is just making weird movements with his yeah, mouth. Yeah. It's, it's um, meant to be comical. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of weird to me. Like, I don't really... It's super... Yeah, I feel like this whole thing... It's like, I feel like straight men just have this very strange preoccupation with gay sex yeah. that gay men even don't have. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I feel like that's like 80% of people's reactions to gay parry in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it is too. Like they just It's definitely like so the writer director projecting his own man, what's that about kind of thing onto it. Whereas Val Kilmer is playing it correctly and playing it totally like this is just who this guy is. Yeah. It's not a big deal to him. Like, hey, hey, folks, can you believe that there are men who who mack on other men? That's crazy, yeah? I can't believe that shit. How do they do it? It's crazy. It don't even make sense. It's like the first line that's said to Gay Perry. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's just not the first thing that pops into my head, you know? They, they just left it there, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But they just kind of keep hammering that. But yeah, so they kiss to throw off the cops. And then Harmony shows up and's like, um, I mean, I told them a different room, but like, what, what, what is What's happening? happening? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and she showed up earlier and was like, Hey, I'm not dead. My sister is. Can she you stole my credit cards and stuff? And my yeah. <laughs> um. So, 
they mistakenly told him that she was dead, but she's not. Her sister is. And so she thinks it's a murder, not a suicide. And she, for some reason, thinks that he's a detective because he told her friend that at the bar and he's hanging out with this guy who is a private detective. Um, so he keeps the lie going. And so they start investigating in a very amateurish way. And then there's another case going on. And this is where it, like, gets so crazy that I don't even, like, I don't really want to summarize all of it. But, yeah, like, it's... basically the ins and outs of it are rich Hollywood executive um, got his daughter to drop a lawsuit against him, got her put into a loony bin, um, got her killed. She was the girl at the lake. Hired a girl to impersonate her. Killed that girl because they would know, like, there was a person coming into town that would know wasn't actually the daughter. Yeah. Um, then, God, what what else happens? Right, right, what else happens is Harmony's sister thinks that the rich Hollywood exhibit is her real biological father. Yeah. And so she goes out to California to, like, scope him out and, like, I guess try to meet him. And then when she finds him at the cabin, she sees what she thinks is, you know, her biological father Incest. and his daughter together. And so it's that's too much for her because she was Melissa as a kid, so she kills herself. She yeah. was not murdered. Yeah, and that's why she had hired Perry to begin with, and then that's how they get into all of this yes. nonsense. Yeah. And they figure out the whole imposters thing because uh, Harry, Robert Downey Jr.'s character, realizes that the supposedly born-again Christian girl wasn't wearing any underwear under her dress, and yeah. it was like, that's weird, and then apparently... And it's also, like, thin material. Yeah. Apparently they get to the conclusion of she was from a hospital, because apparently it's common knowledge that they don't let you wear underwear under hospital scrubs, which I didn't think was common knowledge. Like, I guess maybe... <laughs> I mean, maybe... I guess if you've been to the hospital, you would know that. Been... Yeah. Yeah. But... But I, I did. I didn't like. I don't know. And then I, there's that whole weird scene with the woman dropping her pants. Yeah. But I guess it's to kind of drive home the fact, like this is the ward for the crazy people. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't make the connection and figure out what was going on just because, like, I didn't know that that was a thing that happened in hospitals. And I'm wondering, like, is that anybody at the hospital? Is it just? psych ward patients uh, and if it I'm is not... just psych ward patients please nobody ever put me in one whether i need it or not because <laughs> the fact that someone wouldn't let me wear underwear would honestly have me like acting crazier than yeah, when i got admitted it, it, you lose your dignity yeah like i fucking you i'm not allowed to wear underpants i can understand maybe like if you're not allowed, like, a bra because you could strangle yourself on the straps, but, like, yeah. you'd have to super be trying to do some damage with just, like, underpants. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't, the whole I don't taking think that's, your shoelaces Yeah, I'm not really sure. I, I couldn't I, tell you. It doesn't make any sense to me. I was, like, really The only uh, way I feel like that up. makes sense is if you're, like, um, like, for bedpans and stuff, if you're, like, not physically mobile enough... Yeah, like but obviously the, the lady that they were talking to was standing yeah. up and doing stuff, so, like... Who knows? I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that bothered me. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's pretty much the, the gist of it. Yeah. And then... And then I like the bit at the end, too, where he's, like, what, like, talking into a webcam. 
Mm-hmm. And then, like, Perry comes over is like, go home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get out It's like, here. the movie's over, just stop it. And it, it doesn't come out of nowhere either, because the whole, like, they've been breaking the fourth wall and the narration the entire time. Yeah. And that's something that they do also in Iron Man 3, because uh, Tony narrates the whole thing, and then we find out after he was talking to uh, Bruce Banner the whole time. Mm-hmm. And Bruce was asleep, and he's like, well, I guess I gotta start over again, Bruce. Like, no. Because <laughs> it's also part of the whole noir uh, yes. thing. And also, like, the fact that they had the noir books play a role in the po- part of, uh, the plot, I can talk, of the movie. With, like, oh, it w- it's like, oh, two cases are the same case. That only happens in the stu- these stupid books, and it does actually happen. yeah. And it's always 16 bullets, and I wonder if, like, how many bullets did he shoot at the end when he took care of the rest of the guys? Was it 16? Or yeah. whatever? <laughs> Maybe. It might have been. I didn't, I wasn't counting. Yeah. And also, like, the bit where she's, like, on the bus to L.A., and, it, like, it's like, oh, the author, author said he just made those books for the money, and they're trash. And he's like, oh, what does he know? He's just a writer. Yeah. <laughs> Death of the author. <laughs> I was just watching a video about authorial intent and death of the author. <laughs> I think that once you write something, you should probably just not talk about it too much. Yeah, I think so too, because like everybody is going to have their own interpretations of things, and uh, like all interpretations are valid, uh, you know, to a certain extent. You got mm-hmm. it's got to be supported by the text, obviously. But um, even then, it's like why mess with what people have in their own heads or what something might mean to somebody. Especially because these books clearly meant a lot to Harmony. Mm -hmm. Even if this guy was just, like, writing them for the cash and, like, to him it didn't really mean anything. Something you write could still mean a lot to somebody, even if you think what you wrote was, like, terrible. It could still have gotten them through, like, a really terrible time. And, like, I was even, like, saying... I think I tweeted about this last month. I was going through, like... A rough time a few years ago, and literally all I could watch was like BuzzFeed taste test videos. Like that shit, got, it got me through the shit. Yeah. Like, really dumb shit can get you through hard times sometimes. I've had a lot of stuff like that throughout my life. Like there's things that I fixate on that that help me get through stuff, and that's one of the reasons why like I watch so much YouTube uh, because there's something about it that calms my anxiety having someone talk you know, directly to the viewer, basically, instead of you just, like, passively watching something where you can kind of zone out more and, like, not engage with it, like, you feel more engaged with it because someone's talking directly to you, so it helps me, like, not be in my head so much, not zone out so much, and be, like, present and not anxious, Yes, worrying about things while I'm doing something else. And I feel like a lot of people are just like, oh, like, you just do this or that because you're lazy or unmotivated or you're just, like, melting your brain or something like that. And it's like, well, you know, like, kind maybe, of, but, but like also... <laughs> I mean, maybe, but also, like, sometimes you need it, yeah. you know? Like, I can't always be on for, like, a really deep intellectual fucking thing all the time. Yeah. Sometimes you're going through stuff that's really hard and you need something to turn your brain off for a bit and to just look at something else <laughs> yeah instead of your own dark thoughts <laughs> yeah you know i also remember in like high school when i was really not in a good place and i would just like 
like we weren't allowed to have electronics. I know like if there's any <laughs> teens that happen to happen across this podcast, uh, there was a time when everyone didn't have cell phones or iPods or whatever on or them smart. at all times. Yeah. And so if you had any electronics out, the admins would like jump down your fucking throat and confiscate them. And that would just literally be impossible to do now because the parents are going to be like, why are you taking away my child's thousand dollar smartphone? Literally every student has a smartphone. So it's like, yeah, but you used to have to hide it. And I don't know why, you know, because teenagers don't have any autonomy and they're just dumb and they're not going to do any of their work if we don't treat them like they're inmates in a jail even though the school system is fucking garbage anyways and doesn't teach you anything and you know we'd have them just like watch videos and take notes as if that's gonna actually never mind (laughs) i'm just going down a path there yeah yeah Um, but anyways i would like sneak my headphones you know through my shirt or whatever walking to and from classes and like sometimes in class to listen to music because i was like in a really bad place and the only thing that was like keeping me not freaking out and having panic attacks constantly was like listening to my music as like much as I possibly could and not like focusing on everything else going on around me yeah it's good it and also these noir books were clearly like a really good escape for her in a really crappy situation yeah and like we all need that shit man yeah it's not something to thumb your nose at that's why we have entertainment that's why it was invented like yeah to take. Like distract us from our shitty lives. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it definitely sometimes you need art that points out important things and that you need, you like fully engage in like intellectually and all that stuff. But sometimes you just want to watch Legally Blonde, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and there's, there's like definitely nuanced commentary going on in that movie anyways. Yeah. That, I, I, even as I was, I was set up, I was like, even that is like <laughs> saying something too. Yeah. I don't know, like, I feel like the dumbest thing that I could possibly think of to watch that's just, like, trash, like, reality TV or, like, the Minions movie or something yeah. like that, Ugh, you know? No one should but, watch the Minions movie, but, you know, <laughs> but if I'll it's take reality that, TV over the Minions. If it's something that is just something that can get you through it, like, yeah. I don't understand it, but I'm not gonna <laughs> shit on you for All it, right, you know you what I mean? You can watch the Minions movie, just don't post the memes. Yeah, the that's weird... where we must draw the line in the sand. <laughs> the weird hyper-specific deep-fried JPEG Facebook memes of the minions. I just, I don't know what happened there. I was like, honestly, when I first saw those, I was so sure it was some like ironic shit posting kind of thing. But I don't know like, how it's not. And then, but then you see like your aunt's posting it on Facebook, and it's like, is this like a double kind of thing where it was supposed to be a shit posting thing, and then people start taking it seriously, or is it like, what is the origin of this? Like, who are who is writing these? Like, I don't. And why does it need to have a minion on it? I don't get it. Aunt Susan has the best shit posts. She's she originated it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, this is bonkers. Yeah. I don't know, like, how much to talk about besides what we already did and, like, covering the plot, just because there's, like, there was so much happening. There was but so also, much happening. It's, at its heart, it is still, like, a comedy movie, so it's one yeah. of those deals where we just end up going on a lot of tangents. And the, the title sequence was really cool. Yeah, I liked that. Whoever did the animations for that was Yeah, was it was very, it was very, excuse me, James Bond slash noir kind mm-hmm. of thing. I thought that was really cool. I love 
titles for movies. Like, I think that that would be one of the coolest jobs yeah. to have. One of the the best opening credits I've ever seen was actually, like, I don't know if you agree with me, uh, for Watchmen. I thought that was an amazing title sequence. I only saw part of that movie once, so I couldn't tell you how I feel about them. All right. Never mind them. But it was it's <laughs> definitely one of the best opening credits I've ever seen. It was yeah. really cool, and it really set the tone of the movie extremely well. I think that well. there's a lot of comic movies that, I mean, I you didn't really like the whole movie, did you? I, I There were parts of it I thought were done really well. Um, obviously, there was a lot that could have been improved upon. Yeah. I just, like, I, I remember it's you also, saying like, that it was impossible like... turning Watchmen into a film. I'm sorry. Yeah. They shouldn't have done it in the first place. Yeah. But they did their best. <laughs> I just remember you saying something about it before that was, like, negative. So I was, like, just trying to make sure that like, I, I own not it. to shit on it. I, I, own, I own this movie, so I obviously yeah. didn't hate it. But, yeah, it's... I was just going to say, I just feel like the titles for comic book movies are usually much better than the movies themselves. Because... Yeah, because like, it's basically like the hype before, and it's also yeah. why like trailers are sometimes better than the actual film, <laughs> yeah. Suicide Squad. So, um... <laughs> I was just thinking about that today, the Bohemian Rhapsody one. Oh my god. Oh god. The Bohemian Rhapsody trailer was so good. Yeah. It looked like a fun movie. I didn't watch the actual movie yet. But I was gonna say, you haven't seen it. You don't know. <laughs> I just, like, uh, yeah. I did like I did like it. The trailer was still better than the movie was. But, mm. <laughs> but some, like, if I'm gonna watch something bad, I'd rather everyone in it be enthusiastic, except apparently for Matthew Good, who, like, didn't play Ozymandias right at all in this movie, but it's <laughs> partly the director's fault, so I can't really blame him too much, but... Yeah. Matthew Good, isn't he the one that was in, um, Stoker? Yes. Yeah, he's, he creepy, but he cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was, like, so miscast in that role, too. The thing with Zack Snyder, we're getting so off topic, but the thing with <laughs> Zack Snyder is he's actually, like, extremely good at casting his films. Yeah. But he, Matthew Good as Ozymandias made no sense, and Malin Ackerman is not a good actress, even if she did look really good for the part of, uh, Silk Spectre 2. Yeah. Think, yeah. A lot of, like, I think we talked about this last time, too. A lot of, like, actors are only really good when they're under really good directors. Yes. And I think Shane Black see, does seems to do, at least, a great job of directing his actors. Yeah. And I feel like it's something that people tend to take for granted, especially because I was actually thinking about this the other day, which is, like, a, I've seen, like, some indie feature films, and, like, it's so hard getting this stuff made. It's so difficult. There's, like, especially because you have less of a crew, because you have less of a budget, there's a lot more things, like, the director has to be in charge of technical-wise, mm -hmm. that I feel like so much of the time directing the actors falls to the wayside or isn't really considered much at all, because, like, I watch these movies... And it's like, the actors are not, like, there are some scenes where they're good, but then other times their line readings are just so terrible, and it's like, how did they get this part in the first place? Like, it's, mm -hmm. it's even films where they're being paid, it's not like they're doing it for free. And, like, I've done my own independent stuff, and I've managed to find really good actors who I didn't have to direct too much. So, it just makes me wonder what is going on behind the scenes with this stuff, and I'm fairly certain is because they're just to there's so much else on their plate 
that they're not really focusing too much on the performances. Yeah, but that's what the audience is seeing. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard. It's really hard putting this stuff together, though. So I can only imagine. But it's it's just a shame sometimes, especially because if you know that someone has like more potential than they're showing, Mm -hmm. then it's it's just a shame. It's just yeah, it is a shame that there's so many things that can go into it that maybe they're not being directed properly because the director has too much on their plate. Or maybe, you know, they were having a bad day and they gave bad line reading or they only filmed over a couple of weeks and in really bad yeah, conditions. Yeah, that, that also. Like, the time crunch. Yeah. Or, like, maybe they, they weren't able to do more than two line readings and they just had to keep one of the takes. Or maybe the editing of the movie was really bad because I feel like a lot of okay movies... Like, a lot of bad movies could have been okay movies if they had had better editing. Yeah. Or a lot of okay movies could have been great movies if they'd had better editing. Yeah. A lot of it hinges on the editing. Yeah. And it's why it's always fun to find out that a woman is the editor for, like... <laughs> like yes. Yeah. Because, like, you're basically... Like, the editor is really in, like, controls what the story is at yeah. the end of the day. It's true. And, like the tone of it there i mean there's that youtube channel editing is everything that takes different stuff and puts it in different genres and you can take the same material and you know the way you edit it changes the tone and the the genre and the story of it drastically yeah and i see that all the time with like i've read a lot of books the past two years um because the library is great, y'all. You should have a membership to the library. Go get some books for free. They have movies and they have CDs, too. <laughs> you can get maps. They got classes. Anyways, the library is great. Go have, go get it. Having fun's not hard with a library card. I've read a lot of books the past two years, and there's so many of them that would have been so much better had they had a better editor or had the editor had more time or the author hadn't been you know um if the author had been more receptive to the edits you know what i mean i feel like that happens a lot too like an an author gets really big and all of a sudden their work suddenly gets worse and it's because they have they weren't having their hands held by the editor like they were in the beginning and I think, and like, so many times people are just, like, too close to the manuscript, too. Like, I feel like yeah. if there's a main editor, maybe there needs to be, like, an associate editor, an assistant editor, something that goes back over it and is like, hey, this is, like, a weird uh, plot thing that comes up, or, like, this is a weird way for this character to interact when they're just going into it fresh. Uh, hey, P.S., if anybody needs an assistant editor, I will be an editor for you, and I can point out things, because I'm really nitpicky and pedantic when it comes to books. Thanks, bye. Bye, Erlita. <laughs> the subliminal messaging. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Anyways, editing is really important, and nobody appreciates it, whether it's video, audio, word, visual, I don't know, yeah, like, copy. Because it's behind the scenes and it's not as glamorous, mm-hmm. and, but it's really important and more yeah. recognition should be given to these people. It's true. Uh, the script, like the writing for this movie. Speaking of that, this this is a tight script, man. Yeah, it's it is. funny. It has a really like complex plot that isn't too confusing. Uh, it has strong characters. They're memorable characters. They're really well acted, of course, and it it's it's a fun romp. 
this yeah. movie it's it's really good and apparently it's based on a novel which i didn't realize yeah i like how it says it's kind of based on a novel. <laughs> <laughs> it's like kind of based on it but not really it's just you know, yeah i <laughs> Kind of like how the Big Lebowski is based on the Big Sleep. <laughs> I liked it, though. I thought it was fun. I probably will watch it again, and I'll probably make Chris watch it with me when I yeah. watch it again, because I thought it was a pretty fun movie, kind of in the vein of, like, I don't know, like, The Kingsman, the first one. Oh, yeah. I still or... never seen either of those. I have no interest. Don't bother with the second one. That's all I have to say about that. You know what's so weird is I know someone else who has the exact opposite opinion of you. We talked about this before, and I'm I'm extremely confused, and I would really love to hear uh, her thoughts on why the second one was better, because I think that the second one was extremely misogynistic yeah. in a way that the first one was not until, like, a very weird gross scene that felt really tacked on at the very end yeah and i, I always skip you're talking about <laughs> i literally always skip it when we watch that movie because i'm like the whole movie i'm like oh i'm feeling this and then that scene happens and i'm like uh yeah i'm not about the that part <laughs> but yeah i mean uh, julianne moore is great as a villain in the second one but i there's a lot that i didn't like about it huh <laughs> <sighs> But yeah, I really like this movie too. I watched it back when I was madly in love with Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> after Iron Man came out, as many of us were. And I watched, oh man, I watched so many of his fucking movies. Yeah. It's, oh my god, including this one. Oh my god, it was about like a soap opera and like, oh man, there's a there's some transphobic shit going on in that movie. Oh boy. From what I remember. But yeah, I watched a bunch of his films from the 80s and like a bunch of really obscure stuff because I was like obsessed. I was all about <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> I think his son played a younger version of him in this one. I think so too. I think that was him in the in the flashback scenes. Indio or whatever his name yeah. is. I, yeah, I missed the hype train for Iron Man and Robert Downey Jr. I mean, he's he's fine. I think yeah. that he's a Republican, isn't he? Yeah, he is a Republican. I remember when I found that Super out, I was weird. like, oh, no. But he was, but I was like, well, he's not like a bigot Republican, <laughs> I, I guess. And it was like weirdly his time in jail that made turned him into a Republican somehow. So I don't bizarre. really know how that works, but. Um, <laughs> bizarre. Uh, yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I liked him in Sherlock Holmes. Oh, yeah, Sherlock Holmes is another fun movie. Yeah. Uh, another one where the second one's not as good because they oh, just yeah. fucking kill uh, What's-Her-Face for, like, no reason at the very beginning. Yeah, I felt, like, I remember watching that and being like, they're probably gonna bring her back at the end or in the next movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would hope so, but then they haven't made another one. But there's there's gonna be another one coming out. I think they're in pre-production for it right now. It's been seven years. I, yeah, but who cares? <laughs> Sherlock Holmes is timeless, Lita. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, but it's just so weird. It is weird, but why not, you know? <laughs> True. But yeah, so we both like the movie. Definitely, yeah. if you haven't seen us, definitely give it a watch. It's a lot of fun. Um, you can watch it any time of the year. It doesn't have to be Christmas. Christmas is definitely just kind of like a backdrop for the film. It doesn't really play too yeah. much into the plot. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really fun, witty movie that yes. will definitely pass a Sunday afternoon by very well. <laughs> I don't know why it feels like a Sunday movie, but it does. Yeah, because it kind of gives some excitement and makes you forget that it's Sunday night. Yeah. 
because it's like the worst night of the week. You just, I, I, every, every like week or so, I just think of the tweet that's like, being unemployed might look like vacation, but actually it feels like every night is Sunday night in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel that really deep in my core. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's been this episode. Uh, follow <laughs> us on Twitter, please. I try so hard <laughs> yeah. to provide entertainment for you all. Uh, follow us <laughs> at YWT Podcast. That's Y as in W-H-Y. Yes. WT Podcast. Also, for any of my friends listening to this that didn't know if we are still doing the podcast, we're still doing the podcast. Thank well, you I for listening. Well, I think they would know now if they've gotten this <laughs> far into the episode. Thank you for listening and continuing to support me and my creative de- endeavors and being a good friend, and I love you. Same, same to all my friends listening to us. Yeah. And you it's okay if you don't listen to every episode, if you don't know the movies or whatever, but also you should just listen to every episode because you love us yeah so just do it yes I, um, i'm such a I don't, hypocrite though because i don't listen to podcasts but <laughs> <laughs> i try but it's really hard not having a consistent job right now and like if i'm doing editing or writing type stuff i can't really listen to a podcast it's like if i'm doing yeah, just like staring into space that's my whole thing i'm like i'm not gonna focus yeah but yeah while you're at it uh please rate and review us on itunes i would love to see another review <laughs> i, w- I want to know your thoughts what do you think of us yeah even honestly give us a bad review so that we can improve on whatever yeah. it is except unless it's we go on too many tangents and like i don't then, know no, what to tell you buddy fuck you man that's like, our whole stick man that we go on tangents yeah <laughs> it's our thing if you don't like it you shouldn't be listening to us we're not you know, we're not you we're not Hollywood. some dude bros pontificating about a film for an hour we don't do fucking research for this <laughs> We do a like, little We do a little bit. A little we bit. We do the bare minimum amount of research. Like, if we started having a Patreon or something, uh, then I'd do research. If people were going to pay me to do yeah. this, i do more research than we do. But, you know. Yeah. You know what? No. I refuse to do work. <laughs> I refuse. Ever. <laughs> Ever in my life. Watching the movie alone almost feels like homework to me. Sometimes, yeah. Like, even if you're excited to watch the movie, you're like, oh, I have to, like, schedule it out. And yeah, I, mean, exactly. I gotta sort of... write things down. Just, I'm just one of those people that, even if I enjoy things, I somehow find a way to be anxious about them or, like, yeah. put them off. And I don't same, know why I'm like that, same. but We're like it's the what's same wrong with person, me. I swear to God. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Anyways, I think that we might be kind of taking a little bit of a break, like, between all the holidays and stuff like that, because we're both going to probably be fairly busy. This is going to go out, I think, on Christmas, on Christmas Day. Eve or Christmas no, it's Day. it's Christmas Day, man. Oh, damn. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, Christmas happy Christmas Tuesday, baby. What? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then after that, I mean, we might not record for, like, another week or two or something like that. So, there yeah. might be a slight delay in the Maybe. next episode. We'll Maybe see. not. We'll see. We'll see how froggy we're feeling for 2019. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see if I come out in ni- 2019 fighting, feeling rambunctious and fussy, and gonna get some... I'm gonna go get what I want. <laughs> <laughs> the way you said that was like... <laughs> I've literally had, like, five sips of wine. <laughs> <sighs> Alright, so... That's <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's to the end of 2018. May 2019 bring us all 
great new changes in our lives, hopefully. Uh, new changes in our lives, and our hopefully lives. an impeachment. <laughs> yeah, and impeachment, and also the overthrow of capitalism. Here's to the oh, overthrow geez. of capitalism. We're all going to have to work double time if we're going to achieve that just yeah. in the next year. Listen. Gonna I'm have gr- to go full reign of terror or something. We're not promoting that. Don't, we're not. No, no. Don't come at me, NSA. My phone's right there. <laughs> I'm also mostly joking, but... <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't got a sis. I don't. I can't think of a system to put in place of this nonsense. All systems are nonsense. Uh, but anyway, so that's been the why haven't you watched that podcast? Uh, happy New Year in advance to all of you. Yes. Or happy Old Year if you're listening to this in the future. And with that, I have been Lita. I've been Jackie. And this is why haven't you watched that? <laughs>